Alhamdulillah. 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 Nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nastaghfiruhu wa nu'minu bihi wa natawakkalu alayhi. Wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyi'ati a'malina. Man yahdihillahu fala mudilla lahu, man yudlilhu fala hadiya lahu. Wa nashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa nashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluhu. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam tasliman kathiran kathira. Amma ba'd. Wa na'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. فقال الله تعالى في القرآن الكريم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اصبروا والصابروا ورابطوا واتقوا الله لعلكم تفلحون صدق الله العظيم My beloved brothers and sisters, we praise Allah, we thank Allah, we praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate Allah, and thus we say Alhamdulillah. Nahmaduhu, we praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate him. Wanasta'inuhu, we seek his help. Wanastaghfiruhu, we seek his forgiveness. Wanukminu bihi, wanatawakalu alayh. We believe in him and we trust and rely upon him. And we seek refuge with Allah from the wrong within ourselves and from the wrong actions in our actions. In whomever Allah guides, none can misguide. In whomever Allah lets astray, none can guide. And we bear witness that there is no ilah but Allah. There is no master but Allah. We are servants to none but Allah. There is no God but Allah. And we see from Allah to shower his blessings upon his servant and messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and many more, and many more. Kathiran kathira. And once again, my beloved brothers and sisters, I ask you the same question I ask every single time I stand before you. And that is for you and I to take a look at ourselves and ask ourselves what is changing. What is changing in our society? What is changing in our relationships? What is changing in our hearts? And every day it seems as though when we are looking at what's happening in our society with the current administration, regardless of what uh, a person's feelings are about those people, it seems as though new rulings come down day by day by day, which put quite a few people, they're standing their existence in question, and that also includes you and I. Whether it's the question of immigrants being allowed to come within the United States, to the point that other attorneys are saying that if you are an immigrant, if you are on a visa, do not leave the country because you may not be let back in. We don't know what's happening. And then taking the point even further, today is Holocaust Remembrance Day. And this becomes especially significant because so many in our society are speaking about what might be happening in our society in the future. And I'll say to you again, as I've said for the past few months, I honestly have no clue where we're going to be a year from now. We could be standing here, or sitting here, a year from now, or who knows. But what does that mean? That we are dealing with this unknown and the unknown is whatever it is you want to see it to be. If you want to see the unknown as doom and destruction, that is a choice that you're making. If you want to see the unknown as more of the same of what you're going through, that is a choice that you're making. If you want to see the unknown as hopeful, that is also a choice that you're making. This applies not just to what will happen to our community, it applies to what will happen to each and every one of us. Whether you turn in a paper 
or take a test and you're wondering about your grade, or you're applying to professional school and graduate school and you're wondering about admissions, or you have someone sick in your family and you're wondering what the future is. What am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? Use this unknown that is in our future as a reminder that you will always have unknowns in your life. You will never not have unknowns in your life. And that is one of the functions of religion. It's to help you navigate through the unknowns. Take it a step further, right at the beginning of Al-Baqarah. What are we told after Alif Lamim? That this is the book, no doubt, guidance for those who have taqwa. And what is the first attribute listed of those who have taqwa? Alladhina yu'minuna bil ghaib. They believe in the unseen. What am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? Just as we have a hadith Qudsi, a hadith where the Prophet, peace be upon him, is saying that Allah says that I am what my servant thinks of me. And we've talked about this many times. If you think of Allah as someone who is abandoning you, that is how your world will look to you. If you think of Allah as someone who is punishing you, that is how your world will look to you. If you think of Allah as someone who is giving you mercy, who is giving you mercy upon mercy, that is how the world will look for you. But be clear, this is a choice that you're making. So what is the most commonly repeated attribute in the Qur'an that Allah Ta'ala gives about himself? Rahman and Rahim, right? He is the most in Rahma. He is the eternal in Rahma. So what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? Even if we see all sorts of reasons to be in, depre in depression and despair about the future, what is also happening when you're doing that is you're not looking at what is the reason for you to be grateful in this moment. See what I'm saying? That if I am looking at the world around me and I'm seeing doom, that I'm not allowing myself to see Allah as the one who is providing. Because that's allowing me not to look at the comfort of this room. That's allowing me not to look at the comfort or the, the, the beauty of the education that I'm receiving right now. Because think about what you have right now versus many of our brothers and sisters all across the world, what they don't have, even something as simple as a peaceful and quiet Jummah. So what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? If I look at the future and all I see, no matter how I look at things playing out, if all I see is doom, then I am not being fair to Allah, which means I'm not being fair to myself. What do I mean? When you look at your future, your default should be to see Rahmah. And again, I'm saying this as someone who's at least twice the age of almost each and every one of you, not combined, but individually. I'm saying, my beloved brothers and sisters, I've been through all kinds of things, and many of those were my own fault. Some of those, I believe, were not my own fault. And you still make it through. Right? I've said this before, and I'll say it again, that one of the joys about being a Pakistani uncle is that for every struggle you get hit with, you just say, this too shall pass, life goes on, things will be fine. And Unfortunately, some of you will have to reach my age before you can truly embrace that because I also went through many, many periods throughout my 20s and throughout my 30s thinking everything's going to fall apart. This is going to fall apart. That's going to fall apart. And that was my choice. Okay? I was not allowing myself 
to see, to appreciate, and to receive the rahmah that Allah Ta'ala is putting in my life. And this is what I'm putting on each and every one of you. You have to see the rahmah Allah is putting in your life. Otherwise, it's a guarantee you're going to fall into despair. Because what else happens? And this is something especially with your generation, a little bit with my generation. A lot of times we're too afraid to feel pain. And so what do we do? We keep ourselves distanced from everything. Not, Im- not involve ourselves completely in our relationships. Not involve ourselves completely in our world and instead look at screens rather than look at people. And I've said this before, my beloved brothers and sisters. We need to develop relationships with people. All of your complications and your complexities with all of them and their complications and their complexities. What happens? You develop a very close bond, but it also includes some difficulties. Think about the Sahaba, may Allah Ta'ala be pleased with them. We know Omar's personality. We know how firm his personality was, that for some people it was abrasive. And then, in fact, when Abu Bakr was the Khalifa, that was also the way people felt about him, that he was usually the soft one, Omar was the abrasive one, and then they switched around. And what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? Those are the super sahabas. Okay. But take it a step further. Don't think that all the sahabas were all having wonderful relationships with each other. Because the Prophet, peace be upon him, even says that I'm a human, and if two people come to me to resolve a conflict... Sometimes the person who's more eloquent is going to convince me. And then we have ayat about Dawood also in the Quran saying something similar. But the lesson to take from that is even the Sahaba, may Allah be pleased with them, sometimes bumped heads with each other. But what am I saying? If they did, you and I definitely will. But this is part of the experience of relationships. That the more deep you get in your relationships with each other, the more pain you will have but also the more joy you will have and the more stability you will have. The more you keep yourself separate from each other, the more you're going to live in your own mind and your mind is going to go everywhere, wherever your nafs takes you. And that's the playground of shaitan. So what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? The first protection regarding the future is to take control of what you think of Allah. You are going to definitely have struggle in your life. That part's a guarantee. And you are definitely going to be able to manage the struggles in your life, even if you think you can't. That's also a guarantee. But the default overall of what Allah Ta'ala is giving you is rahmah. And it is your choice to believe that or not. And I'm telling you to make that choice. And the second advice is work on your relationships with each other. Be friends with each other in this room. Be brothers with each other in this room. Be sisters with each other in this room because that will also give you calmness. That will also give you stability unless you're spending your time together gossiping, backbiting, smoking things you should not be smoking, drinking things you should not be drinking. And on that point, I should make a side point. I have to make this point that sometimes people come to my office interested in Islam, meaning non-Muslims, And then they'll ask me, okay, what do I need to give up? What do I need to change? And the the usual in terms of diet, okay, don't eat pork and this and that. And then you can't drink alcohol. And then some of these people say, well, all the times I get drunk, it's with other Muslims. As though some of the Muslims with them are doing da'wah while they're getting drunk. Okay, this is something strange. I suppose da'wah while getting drunk versus not 
Anyway, so my beloved brothers and sisters, put yourself in the company of each other, but doing good. Okay. And I'm saying this something not as general advice. Now I'm saying this is something vital for your own sanity. Because there's every reason to believe that in the way each day since last Friday has been a little bit more crazy, we have every reason to believe the next day is going to be worse. Who knows what news is going to come? And the day after that, and the day after that. But remember, this does not happen except as Allah allows it. And we speak often that the Prophet, peace be upon him, suffered more than all of us. But what do we think about the family of the Prophet? May Allah be pleased with him. And this goes from that time all the way through to today. The descendants that we are taught that they even suffer more than others. One time we have a narration where Jafar, the brother of Ali, this, the brother-in-law of Fatima, he comes to visit them because he's hungry. He has no food. And Fatima is telling Ali that we only have barely enough food for one person. And there's three of us. Okay. And so Ali tells her, okay, put out all the torches. It's nighttime. And as he is feeding his brother the food, he himself is making sounds of eating. Okay. This is part of our deen. These are our models. So Jafar is eating, which is probably barely a snack of what you and I would eat. And yet Ali is just making these sounds. Or there's another case of these companions, or this one companion who would come for prayer, and just as prayer is about to begin, he prays, and then as soon as prayer ends, he'd run. And he would do this for every prayer. And the companions saw this and thought, this is strange. What's going on? Every single prayer, he'd show up, pray, and then race out of there. And so they followed him. A few companions followed him because they thought maybe something's wrong. And they found that he and his wife lived in a hole in the ground. That was their home. And between them, they had one shirt. So why was this companion leaving? He had to race home so he could give his wife his shirt so that she could make her prayer in time. Okay. Think about this, my beloved brothers and sisters. When we, you and I, have been blessed with such wonderful clothes, regardless of what struggles you and I had to put in to get them, what am I saying? Don't feel guilty about what Allah has been giving you. Feel grateful. If you can allow yourself to be grateful, if you can bring yourself to be grateful, it becomes easier to accept the rahmah of Allah in your life. Okay. And even imagine, go through your whole life and put in all the bad things that have happened to you in one jar. And that includes not just how many things, but how big they were as an influence on you. And then put all of the good things that happened to you in another jar. Okay. And if you're being honest with yourself, no matter how much bad you have in the first jar, you'll probably have a hundred, a thousand, ten thousand times more in the other jar if you allow yourself to see everything, even something as simple as socks and shoelaces. Because here we gave the example of a companion who only had one shirt between the two of them and their house was a hole. Try to, try to even conceive of that. So what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? When you go on social media 
and you see Trump, 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 why wouldn't you lose your mind? And you see Syria, 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 why, don't you lose, why wouldn't you lose your mind? I had a student here, a Catholic student from, from Loyola. She's graduated, and she just posted on her page that she had this friend in Philistine who was giving a tour today, and a settler came and just stabbed him to death. Right? And if that's what you keep seeing, you know, may Allah Ta'ala give mercy on all of us from that, or protection for all of us from that, and may Allah Ta'ala give him Jannah. But saying, my beloved brothers and sisters, if that's what you keep seeing on your feed, why wouldn't you lose your mind? So another suggestion that I'm giving you is take sabbaticals from Facebook. Okay? Take sabbaticals from Instagram. Take sabbaticals from Snapchat, because that stuff messes up your mind. And you and I know I'm the king of Facebook. That's my one chance outside of class, sometimes, subhanAllah, Jummah, where I can tell my jokes and, and actually have people acknowledge that they're funny. But the point is, I also have to take time off from social media for my own mind's sake. So now, let us start and go back to zero and ask Allah Ta'ala for forgiveness. Wa da'wana and alhamdulillah. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings on the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. A few other pieces of advice, a few other suggestions in terms of dealing with whatever is in the future, whether we are speaking about our society or our own individual selves. After each Salah, after each Fard Salah, make sure you recite Ayat al-Kursi if you know it. This is, this is many, many, many benefits, but in terms of what is relevant here, one of the benefits that we're taught is that it helps keep disaster away from your life. It is written that you and I, each individually, will be hit with loss at this moment, loss at that moment, loss at this next moment, but we are taught that if you recite Ayat al-Kursi on a regular basis after at least your fard prayers, then if it doesn't remove the disaster, it'll minimize it meaning instead of getting a big one, you'll be given a little one. And again, I'm saying this from experience. You can say it's coincidence, but it's definitely worked in my case. Okay. And what else? Keep asking for forgiveness from Allah. Keep astaghfirullah on your tongue. Keep asking for forgiveness. That we are taught that if you have a society where they keep asking for forgiveness, Allah Ta'ala will not hit them with disaster. Okay. Now this doesn't mean that we see disasters in other parts of the world, that means that they've stopped saying astaghfirullah. No, what I'm saying in terms of protection for you and I. But most importantly, keep working your day-to-day -day life. I pay very, very close attention to all these things that are happening in the news. And I'm having very private conversations with Catholic leaders in Chicago, with Jewish leaders in Chicago, and definitely with Muslims leader, Muslim leaders in Chicago, as well as other city officials and federal officials. So I'm definitely paying attention to all these things. And what I'm suggesting to you is that if I don't seem afraid to you, then you don't need to seem afraid either. Now, maybe one day I'll come and it'll be very afraid and then you'll lose, you'll lose yourself. But what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? Don't tear yourself apart unnecessarily, especially because I know more of what's going on. And I also have plenty of hope, just like I said last week. Okay. Now, bringing us back to you and I on campus. As I mentioned, 
this case were students coming to me asking about Islam. A question that I want you to each think about. What do we have to offer, either as a community, or through our deen, or through our prophet, وسلم, or through our creator, what do we have to prof offer that everyone else doesn't have? Our natural question will be, we have Tawheed, we have oneness of God, we have the messenger, peace be upon him, we have the kitab, right, the book. But I'm saying in practice. There's a famous legend that has many, many different histories, but it makes the point, it probably never happened, but it is an interesting legend, that when the Russians were thinking about establishing a new state, some Muslims came to them and they said, why don't you establish a state based on Islam? And they explained how the whole system would work. And then the leader said to them, this is such a wonderful idea, but everywhere we look, we don't see this established anywhere. So it sounds just like a nice idea that even the Muslims themselves are not practicing. So shift from that big legend to you and I. What do we have to offer in practice that other people don't have? The Prophet وسلم, says, as you and I know very well, I did not come except to perfect character. So when you look at yourself in your interactions with your non-Muslim classmates, with your non-Muslim colleagues, can you say your character, not in terms of a condescending way, but your character is better than the ones around you? Okay. The answer is in your control. Okay. This doesn't mean that you and I are acting like we're in the military and just super straight. Still relaxed, and as I said, I tell more jokes than all of you combined. May Allah tell accept those also. But what I'm saying, my beloved brothers and sisters, can I say that about myself? Can you say that about yourself in terms of your character? Especially with what we do with our tongues. Meaning, the words that come out of our mouth, the words that come from our mouth into other people's ears, or even the substances that come into our mouths. Can I say that? This is something that I control. And then in my relationship with Allah, how is my salah? Because no matter what happens to me in this dunya, maybe some bad things will happen, maybe some bad things won't happen, but the day of judgment is still there. And the day of judgment is more awe-inspiring, more frightening than anything that this world can provide for us, than anything that this world can hit with us, hit us with. So look at your akhirah. Look at your akhirah right now. If you are standing before Allah right now on the day of judgment, what will you have to offer? Now all of us know that all of us can offer ten times as much as, as, as we actually do. So I'm not saying look at your day of judgment and see yourself as doomed to hell. I'm saying look at yourself on your day of judgment and be honest. Take an honest assessment. And so what I'm saying is perhaps part of the reason I don't feel as frightened about what will happen to me or what will happen to us in this world is because I'm more concerned about what will happen on the other side. If I'm more concerned about what's going to happen to me in this world than on the other side, then I need to shift my focus a little bit. Because any physical abuse that I, that I receive in this world will still be less frightening than what's on the other side. Okay. 
Likewise, any joy among the many joys that I receive in this world will be less than the joys on the other side. I've shared with you a story of one of my favorite stories of a person who is going to Jannah, the last person who will enter Jannah. The very, very last person will be told, you can enter Jannah now. And this person is going to have the boldness to say to Allah, are you serious? Jannah is full now. And he's told, enter. And he is given this entire world, meaning not earth, but this entire heavenly world. And he's still skeptical. Again, he is speaking to Allah and he is looking at Jannah. He's not even looking at some beautiful, handsome man like Adil. He is looking (laughs) at Jannah. And still he's skeptical. Are you serious? Is this really for me? And yes, he's told, this is all yours. Are you pleased? And he'll say yes. So the last point, my beloved brothers and sisters, starting first, look at your relationship with Allah, and ending, looking at your relationship with Allah. A dua to make to Allah is, Allah, help me become pleased with you. Because when I am pleased with you, you will be pleased with me. When I am pleased with you, I will have contentment in my heart. When I am pleased with you, I will see the blessings of what you have put around me, and that will increase me in my pleasure with you. Because Allah Ta'ala will ask the companions of paradise, are you satisfied with what I've given you? And they will say, how can we not be? And I've said this, and I say this in almost every khutbah. There's a palace in Jannat al-Firdaus waiting individually for each and every one of us. And it's waiting to be inhabited by each and every one of us. Of course, if we don't earn it, then it'll be given to someone else. So what I'm also saying, my beloved brothers and sisters, just like here in school, you don't settle yourself with a passing grade. And some of the Muslims in my class seem to settle themselves with lower than a passing grade. But most of us do not settle ourselves with a passing grade. Just like I always say, aim for A plus in your classes here, then aim for Jannatul Firdaus over there. Because you get one life. So with that, I remind you of the one who has been hit with more struggle than all of us, and the one with whom we hope to share meals with on the other side, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah Ta'ala says in Surah Al-Ahzab, Indeed, 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 Allah and His Messenger, Allah and His Angels send blessings upon the Prophet. O you who believe, send blessings upon the Prophet. Inna Allaha wa malaikatuhu yusalluna ala nabi, ya ayyuha alladhina amanu, sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallim. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallim. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallim. O Allah, we call upon you with all of your names to shower your blessings upon the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and upon his family, and upon his companions, and extend the blessings and peace upon them. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana, wa fil akhirati hasana, wa qina athab nar Our Lord, our cherisher, our sustainer, grant us the best of this life and the best of the hereafter, and protect us from the fire. O oh Allah, please remind us 
that you do not give us any burden we cannot bear, and please do not give us any burden that we cannot bear. And for those of us who are feeling fear about our future, please guide us to feel contentment about our present and future and optimism. O Allah, please do not make us a test for those who have already rejected you and make our footsteps firm. And if we have any rancor, any anger against any of our brothers and sisters, against any of our family members, please guide us to wash those out of our hearts. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati yamma yasifun. Wassalamun ala al-mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Qimu salam. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar.